It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Security Token Show. We're your hosts. I'm Herway Konings, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Solomon. And we're here from sunny Miami, Florida, giving you all the latest and greatest in security token news. Wow, what a main topic today. A hot one, if you will. Volcano bonds. We're going to dive deep into what that is. And of course, the rest of our show first. Before we dive into it, though, we wanted to talk about our sponsor and thank them for this week. And it is Accrue. Accrue is fractionalizing commercial real estate into tokens that are available for as little as $1,000. Investors on the Accrue platform benefit directly from participating in these investment opportunities, enhancing the liquidity and having flexible hold times as well as quarterly cash distributions for these properties. You can explore a range of properties from multifamily apartments all the way in the heart of Chicago, as well as retail plazas with coveted tenants, including Chipotle, Starbucks, and more. Sign up to the Accrue platform today for a special limited time offer. They're doing a buy 10, get one free deal on their fractional shares. Check the link in the description for more information. Thanks to Accrue. Thank you, Accrue. Our sponsors make this show possible. And with that, let's get into it with our top five. Kicking off the five biggest things you got to know happening in the space right now. Starting off with just number five here, the Financial Services Commission of Korea has officially legalized security tokens. Folks, you can now issue blockchain-based securities in Korea and they, in fact, plan to endorse multiple platforms and create a quote-unquote safe distribution system for security tokens. So I think we can expect a lot of developments out of Korea this year. Amazing. And staying in Asia for number four, we have updates on the Chinese CBDC, the E1. It is the largest CBDC used in circulation, and they now have totaled it at over $2 billion as per their latest report. Wow. On top of that, this week we saw for the first time the CBDC from China was used to purchase real securities through a brokerage. So you have full integration with the digital economy and the traditional asset investments. That's incredible. CBDC to securities, that's the future we're talking about. Number three, folks, Dealbox, one of the earlier players in the space. They saw the vision of security tokens. They've done many deals, and now they've announced a $125 million venture arm planning to invest in startups across a number of sectors, including Funtech, I thought was pretty cool, FinTech, of course, and digital securities, as well as social impact and more. Moving into number two, El Salvador, the second country on our top five list today, legally approving and allowing for digital securities and security tokens. This time with their Congress approving by a vote of 62 to 12, the issuance and approval to go ahead with their volcano bond. This is a tokenized debt instrument we're going to cover in our main topic just a little bit later in the show. That's hot. Number one, folks, arguably hotter. 
Uh, we've got SockGen, one of the biggest banks in the world. They have announced that they're cashing in on $7 million of their $30 million loan that they received from MakerDAO, which, by the way, is backed by a $40 million bond that they uh, did with the Swiss, I mean, sorry, the Central Bank of France, Kyle. Pretty amazing stuff. And with that, let's get on to Peter Gaffney's institutional news. Welcome back to today's institutional segment. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors. I'll be typically focused on the private on the private markets to see where individuals are looking at tokenization opportunities in the space. Today, we're going to focus a bit more on the public sector. So there are indeed plenty of initiatives happening on the private side. We know this. We talk about it a lot. We got Hamilton Land and KKR doing their big funds. We have emerging private equity and real estate initiatives that we directly are working on. At the STA side with our private issuers, they still do dominate the pipeline as one of the more straightforward methods of coming to market is a Reg D private placement for accredited U.S. investors. But nonetheless, don't pretend the public market giants are not paying attention to tokenization. So a few key pieces that stuck out to me in particular, we're going to look at right now. Look at BlackRock. BlackRock's own CEO, Larry Fink, Recently on CNBC, talking about you know covering BlackRock's performance over 2022, looking at the assets they raise versus industry-wide ETF and product outflows, the new initiatives they're working on, everything under the sun. A key challenge he wanted to address personally was the ability to understand who are the beneficial owners, right? Who is actually owning the stock of the underlying equity or bond? Additionally, they want to further democratize the vote associated with companies with their investable equities and products. And this is a pretty tall task with the existing broker investor relationships and analog infrastructure, we'll call it, right? Tokenization, he noted, not me, is the solution for immediately identifying, understanding, and working with the beneficial owners, ranging from individuals up to institutions of stocks and bonds alike. So why is this capability afforded via tokenization? Because assets can easily be traced back or even held directly in investor wallets without throwing a bunch of wrenches in the mix like it would with the existing infrastructure. Powerful stuff. On that note, BlackRock also made additional headlines pretty recently when the tokenization service provider Ondo Finance announced it'd be offering tokenized products that invest directly into BlackRock and PIMCO treasury and bond ETFs to stablecoin holders. So what's the motivation there, right? Well, provide stablecoin holders who are getting zero yield with some on-chain opportunities. As the announcement, you know, yield ranges from 4 to 8% across these three different products, from treasuries up to corporate bonds and high yield. Very cool to see that happen, as again, this is more of a public-facing development within the tokenization world, not something on the private side. The thesis here is that ETFs will move more or less on-chain, and it's happening right in front of us. Speaking of ETFs, as we also mentioned last episode, Wisdom Tree Asset Management, Franklin Templeton, been working on their own tokenization and tokenized asset initiatives, infrastructure, everything under there. A positive signal in general to the overarching markets that there are indeed some synergies to be had between the public offerings that we love and know and blockchain-based securities. I personally expect a lot of other big-name asset managers are going to start rolling out similar plays, even in this year's charting disruption coming out of Global X ETFs, who, keep in mind, is $40 billion in AUM. They dedicated a couple slides to tokenized securities, their associated trading behaviors, forecasts with data and insights sourced directly from security token market, which is awesome to see. So whether institutions are already pushing efforts towards tokenization, maybe just getting familiar, beginning their research, their diligence, as we see directly and work with on the advisory side, definitely a noticeable uptick in the potential that, you know, Tokenization could be the vertical within digital assets for institutional players. And now, moving on to Sam Sachs for this week's market and trading activity. 
Thank you, Peter. Hello and happy Monday. The security token market cap is starting the week out strong up to $15.26 billion. Realio Network closed the week up over 12% on higher than normal volume. It'll be interesting to track how the price action trades going into the end of the month. And XY Labs is beginning to see increased volume on a daily basis, which is a strong sign for those bullish on the company. With liquidity and widespreads being two of the biggest challenges that face trading security tokens today, higher volumes can relieve both. And welcome to INX Treasure Experience. TRZX is about exploring the unsolved mysteries of history in search of projects that challenge your understanding about what is possible so that anyone can have permission to live their dreams. Treasure Experience token holders share in the anticipated potential profits generated by the company from live adventure streaming, fact-based education documentaries, and comedy, and additional revenues that may be sourced from monetizable recovered items, licensed technologies, and sales of branded merchandise, and much, much more that is coming down the pike. This listing is only for U.S. or non-incredited investors, so if you're a retail investor in the U.S., unfortunately, you're going to have to wait. But last Wednesday, Dealbox announced a loss of launch of Dealbox Ventures, a venture arm that will invest $125 million in startups that leverage foundational Web3 technologies. Dealbox Ventures will be primarily focusing on five key areas, emerging growth, real estate, fintech, fun tech, and social impact. In each of these core growth areas, the firm plans to invest in startups with the potential for rapid growth. In the emerging growth marketplace, Dealbox Ventures will be leading rounds in early stage companies that are developing unique leading edge products, the company stated. The focus in the $8.9 trillion real estate market, meanwhile, will be sourcing and packaging high alpha commercial and residential real estate to enable investors to participate in the growth and prosperity of cities and neighborhoods, something we're seeing happen more and more in tokens today. 2023 will be the most exciting year yet for security tokens, and we'll be tracking it all. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you next Monday. And moving into our main topic this week, we are covering a large major country legalizing a security token in the form of their Bitcoin blockchain bonds. This is El Salvador and their volcano bond program. We're going to cover everything about what this actual bond is, as well as the implications for this technology and the instrument moving forward. So Herwig, I kind of just want to set the scene here on what this Please, hot topic what, is. <laughs> what the heck is a volcano bond? <laughs> All right. So Basically, what El Salvador wants to do is fundraise. They want to issue a government debt instrument. They want to do a bond. They want to raise a billion, one billion dollars in the form of a debt instrument. The structure of the debt instrument is it's a 10-year debt instrument at a six and a half percent yield. This is pretty familiar structure. They have a few other additional things they threw on there. The fact that if you own some of this bond, you have fast-tracked citizenship for the country of El Salvador following residency and living there and, and all those things. But with the billion dollars, they're taking half of it and actually purchasing Bitcoin outright. Just 500 million of the billion, half of it goes to buying Bitcoin. So you actually get a variable coupon on the potential yield generated by this bond. So this is really a move of El Salvador going all in on Bitcoin. 
they're taking or proposing to take the other half and actually contribute it to infrastructure within the country, which does include mining infrastructure, as well as building a city that supports new technological developments with you know, significant reductions around capital gains and things like that, which we've seen before in countries like Singapore or Hong Kong or, or even other places. Now, why is it called a volcano bond? Well, their plan is actually to build mining infrastructure by using geothermal vents in the volcanoes near and around and inside of El Salvador and using the heat to power their mining operations. So this is a crazy plan. It's certainly been been denounced, let's just say, by traditional banking infrastructure. They find this to be very risky for a country that doesn't have a ton of funds to play around with. However, we've seen a very significant rejoice by the crypto community for the, the El Salvador support of this stuff. And certainly, we're talking about security tokens in the form of a bond. So there are some good things here, Herwig. Breaking that down in layman's term, it sounds like we've got a government bond by El Salvador seeking a, a billion dollars, half a billion of which is used to buy Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, in fact, it is in the form of, of course, a security token. Mm -hmm. Anyone can purchase it. Anybody can purchase it. As the far government as I is using this money to essentially, as you said, go all in on Bitcoin and further buy more Bitcoin as well as set up an infrastructure using the volcano on their islands <laughs> to create heating power for the mining infrastructure. That is pretty incredible wow. stuff. Wow. It's uh, hey, credit to, to the president there, Bukele, and everything that they've been working on inside of the reg legislation. Because as we talked about in the top five, their Congress actually approved this with a significant majority, even despite the fact that Bitcoin's price is down. So it doesn't seem like the confidence has waned pretty significantly yet with the country. Not one bit. And now this is a next step, if you will, right? We are now legalizing security tokens in order to allow this government bond to even be issued in the first place. So a lot of progress being made. Uh, you know, I, I think there were some interesting traditional features that we heard, you know, even though I believe it was the IMF or some mm -hmm. other national, yep. uh, international banks have, you know, as you said, not been a fan of this plan. Degraded credit ratings um, we've not, seen. Not a fan. <laughs> but... We think it's pretty cool because not only is it a novel use case of security tokens, but it is an investment into Bitcoin with citizenship features, you said. Yeah. 6.5% yield, which is not too shabby, backed by a, a government, of course, with uh, over $30 billion in GDP. Um, and it has a 10-year lifespan, very traditional for a government bond. Uh, and, and there's only a $100 minimum. $100 minimum is not well, bad. That's insane to be able to then suddenly now trade a security token backed by this bond with yield and essentially Bitcoin. It almost makes it like a very interesting Bitcoin fund product uh, that you'll be able to buy and trade 24-7. I just think that's incredible. So that's absolutely amazing. Could you talk to us a little bit about what this might mean for maybe the future of tokenization and, and the impact that this might have on other countries around the Yeah, well, just as we saw with South Korea, and we've seen actually and noted on stm.co, you can find this article where there are dozens of countries that have made an official change to their legislation, to the regulators defining security tokens. This is extremely important because the use of blockchain instruments, the uh, new capabilities and features that they bring uh, that's not something that's talked about and treated properly in the current structure, as we've seen in the U.S., as well as many other places. They could benefit from 
defining security tokens. For example, transfer agents, they cannot actually store the shareholder data on a blockchain, right? right? All of these security tokens using transfer agents use a blockchain that mirrors the data to a traditional data source that can support uh, cap tables and other things like that. So by defining this, you're actually bringing the country into the next era. They've already made Bitcoin legal tender. So you could really be looking at El Salvador as one of the leading Web3 countries really going all in, no taxes in in Bitcoin city of any kind, it seems. Uh, Sounds a little bit of like a utopia, but it could all be real in the event that Bitcoin does I actually appreciate it. Is that right? Yeah, I think even if you feel like this might be too good to be true and, you know, maybe a far-fetched plan, which certainly many feel and maybe aren't unjust in feeling so due to the lack of track record around building something like this and such a a large-scale plan, I think what it also does show is the value of composability with our financial assets. And so when I say composability, I've used the term interoperability before, but that's certainly a mouthful. We're talking about this idea that you want your money and you want your assets to be as easily translatable between other things as possible, right? Which we would describe as more liquid, right? And so by putting all of your assets on the same rails, you have a much more frictionless, much more efficient, and much cheaper and more liquid system in order to exchange those goods between international parties, between asset classes, or potentially even between asset types. And so I think that that's really what we're seeing here is that Bitcoin and the tokenized bond have nothing in common, right? Bitcoin is not backed by anything. It's not a security. It's not an investment contract by any means. It maybe is a commodity, so it's maybe more like some of those, but it's definitely not like a treasury bond or a treasury bill. However, allowing for the conversion between these assets much more efficiently is a huge benefit for trade and for the economy. And so that's where I think we're really going to continue to see this is that if you want more access, you need to build something that works with everything else that already exists. Well, to go further on your example there, We have to look at it from the eyes of El Salvador. They look at Bitcoin as legal tender. So that's money to stock, just like we see today in our stock market. So total normal, makes a lot of sense. If you've got questions or thoughts, definitely uh, give us a comment and a discussion. But with that, let's get into our Companies of the Week. To close out the episode this week, we are finishing off with our Companies of the Week, where Herbig and I picked two companies we wanted to highlight for doing something amazing in the security token industry, and then, of course, put them in the running for Companies of the Year at the end of the year, which we just announced on last week's episode. So make sure you go check it out. And if you are part of that company, hit us up because we got a trophy for you coming soon. Herwig. Lead us off here. Who's your company? I do want to give a congratulations to JP Morgan for winning that company of the year in 2022. As you said, exciting to kick things off for 2023. My first contender, Kyle, a company we haven't heard of before called Obligate. They're actually out of Switzerland, and they've recently announced $4 million in new capital funding uh, specifically to offer tokenized debt securities, folks. And if you saw last week's episode, one of my predictions is, in fact, unlocking debt for security token markets. I believe this is a whole new frontier we're going to start seeing. And so because this company is specifically focusing on exactly that, uh, they're my company of the week. Congratulations, Obligate. I think that makes total sense. And 
My company of the week this Tell week, me. Herwig, is Forge, which is Societe Generale's blockchain, crypto, kind of more forward venture thinking arm. And they just executed this huge debt instrument and collateralization with MakerDAO and in the Web3 DeFi ecosystem where they took a $40 million bond issued by SockGen and they collateralized that in the MakerDAO protocol and were able to get a $30 million collateralized loan in real stablecoin denominated in DAI, which is the native stablecoin of Maker, of which they've taken about $7 million of that $30 million loan out and actually received that collateral. So MakerDAO takes in their huge bond, which was which tokenized, by the way. That's the only reason that it works within the Maker ecosystem. They tokenized the debt. They were able to get collateral behind the debt and were able to receive that distribution. Because they were able to do this in a nutshell, I think is going to pave the way for other banks to do the same. So for those reasons, Forge wins my company of the week. Couldn't agree more with that, Kyle. Congratulations to our winners, and hopefully you enjoyed our show. Give us any questions, feedback, thoughts, comments. We're available on Twitter, both of us, very active. And of course, go check out stm.co for all the latest and greatest security token news, trading information, and much, much more. And with that, we'll catch you next Monday and happy tokenizing.